Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is something I want to do. I'm not a model trying to be a producer. I'm a producer that happened to be, like, modeling. And he's like, no, dumb idea. Hello, my name is Jeffrey Zakarian, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the very first episode of Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian from iHeartRadio. I've been lucky enough to have a wonderful 40-year career as a chef. Along the way, I've developed restaurants and products, worked with the top talent in the world, and met countless fascinating and inspiring people. And it's those people that inspire me as I head into the next chapter of my life and career. I'm inspired by fashion designers and painters. I'm inspired by entrepreneurs and athletes. I'm also inspired by anyone who is able to perform at the highest level and replicate it again and again. So, in four courses, I'll be taking you along for the ride while I talk with the top talent of our time. In each conversation, I focus on four different areas for my guests' life and career. And during those four courses, I'm going to dig deep and uncover new insights and inspirations that we can all use to fuel ourselves to push forward. My guest for our debut episode is a professor at Stanford University School of Business. She's a TV producer, writer, and actress. And she's also one of the biggest supermodels of all time. Without further delay, let's get into my conversation with the legendary Tyra Banks. Hi, Jeffrey. For our first course, I wanted to ask Tyra about stories that highlight the influence of her parents, who had a surprisingly unique effect on her development. So your mom was a medical photographer. Did she show you, like, pictures and stuff that were, like, gruesome? I grew up visiting her after school very often at the hospital. 
that she worked at. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yes, surgeries, anatomical dissections, lots of uh, different deformities and autopsies. And she would take these pictures and I would always look at her portfolio. She had this huge portfolio. It was like bigger than 8 by 10, 9 by 12. I don't know. It was like 11 by 14 size photos in her portfolio. And I saw all kinds of stuff. So to this day, Jeffrey, if something happened to you and you were like bleeding like crazy, I would not freeze. I would go into action. I would not be grossed out. I would do what I had to do to like keep you alive and safe before we get to the hospital because of my mom. That can either be like one of those experiences that traumatizes you as a child (laughs) or you use it and it seems like you've used it to your benefit. But how odd is that growing up with medical photography? I mean, it's not like it's showing you anything beautiful. It's showing you everything that's flawed. So you grew up with visions of imperfection. Yeah. And maybe that's why later in life, I I never connected this. But I wonder if that's why I was very attracted to things that were not like super traditional when it comes to beauty. Mm-hmm. Like when I meet people and I'm like, oh my God, their, their nose is slightly crooked and hooked to the left and the light is hitting it this way. And oh my God, that would be gorgeous in a photograph. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that because my mom was a photographer and I knew lighting or was that because she was a medical photographer? I have no idea, but I like interesting beauty, like unique things about people. I'm very, my eye is attracted to that. And I always want to like photograph it or tell them that, oh my God, your eyes are too far apart. Do you know that that is amazing? That's like antelope signifies kind of youthfulness (laughs) and it actually photographs well. Like all these people like, bitch, you just told me my eyes are too far apart. I'm like, no, 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 it's a compliment. It's a compliment. I'm going to remember that because I know a lot of people with their eyes far apart. I never mentioned it, but now that you said something, I'm going to say, I talked to Tyra and she's an expert at this. It photographs beautifully. Why is that? I don't know. If you think about Oprah Winfrey, her eyes are far apart. And Oprah in a photo, it's so beautiful and commanding. Sometimes on my social media, I post photos of Oprah because it's really beautiful. I don't know why, but the camera loves it. What did your dad think about all this? Was he a quiet one? You know, there's the the mother of the dad. One's the quiet one, one's the stern one, one's the disciplinarian. Which one was he? How do you know this about my family? Is it always like that? Is that the rule? I think we all have this similar thing. If we have like normal parents, one's like quiet, but like authoritarian, you know? Well, it was actually the opposite. My mom was... It is. Yeah. My mom was loud, crazy, fun, authoritarian. Like, I'm having fun with you, but don't forget I'm your mama. And I will cuss your ass out. (laughs) So it was this like balance. And my dad was quiet, more reserved, and I could do no wrong. So he was, um, he was in the computers and was he a nerd? Wait, oh my or, God, I mean, you've you done some like serious a, research. Yeah, no, I want to know about your family because this triangle made you special. And I want to know more about at home. Like, how did that triangle sort of like unite for you? I think a, more of the influence on me of who I am today on the business side, on the discipline side, I would have to say my mom. But it's interesting when it comes to like school and stuff, I was a self-starter. My mom didn't say, did you do your homework? Did you do this? For some reason, it just was naturally in me to just finish it and make sure I did it as soon as I came home so I can get it out of the way and watch my TV. But my dad was harder on me. I remember one year in school, I got all A's and I got a C in PE. <laughs> well, that's that's almost like a badge of honor, no? I don't, I, I guess, I don't know. But he was like, he didn't even say, oh, wow, I'm so happy with these A's, but, you know, let's let's talk about the C and C. All he said was, what's going on with that C? And I will never forget that to this day. What's going on with that C? 
And what he didn't know was I didn't dress every day at PE because I was 98 pounds and 5'9". And I was insecure about my body because it was so skinny and I didn't want the girls in the locker room to see me. So that's where the C came from. Just some days I just couldn't do it. And I would just say, I don't, I don't know, I just forgot my uniform or my PE uniform or stuff like that. So that's where it, it came from. But perhaps that made me stronger. I don't know. In our second course, I had to find out how Tyra found her place in the world of modeling. She went from an undiscovered high school student in Los Angeles to a global superstar just a few years later. But it turns out that early on, she had a much different vision for her career. I uh, wanted to be a film and television producer, writer, director. I wanted to write commercials. That was my passion. That's what I wanted to do since I was nine years old. Just naturally attracted to that. Did not want to take pictures of dead people. I wanted to, you know, write and direct and produce for alive people. And that's what was, that was my path. That was my plan. But on the first day of high school, when I was 13, a girl came up to me and asked me, was I a model? And I was sitting there by myself, kind of insecure, first day of high school. But we ended up becoming best friends, and she taught me everything. This woman, girl, at the time, was like a modeling, like, maybe I learned from her how to teach other models later, because she taught me everything. Posing, clothes, buying cheap clothes, how to do my hair. How old was she? 13. How did she know all this? She was obsessed with magazines and modeling already. And she taught me so, so much. And then I think she got an agency in like the ninth grade or 10th grade. And then I got an agency in the 11th grade. When did you get your first check and how much was it? And when you looked at that, could you really believe it? I don't remember my first modeling check. It probably was like $50 or something. I don't remember that. I remember my first modeling job, but not the check. The first big check. Jeffrey, it was $5,000. And I was like, what? I was in high school. I got a $5,000 check. Now, that was over 30 years ago. A $5,000 check for a high schooler today is a hell of a lot of money. So imagine what that is 30 years ago. Still a hell of a lot of money. And my mom and me, we went to the California Pizza Kitchen to celebrate. (laughs) So uh, you're having Pizza Kitchen. You got five grand in your pocket. Was your mother congratulating you or cautioning you or some balance of each? Because it seems like your mom was such a good effect on you. How did your mom get comfortable with this? Honestly, she was shocked because she didn't even see it in me, you know. And really? and yeah, no, she ne- she never thought I was a model. And and my mom had a side business where in our living room on the weekends she would transform it to a photo studio. And our back porch on top of the washer and dryer, she transformed it to a dark room. And so she had her own photography business separate from the hospital where women would come and my mom would do their hair and their makeup and their clothing styling and the photography. And I was her assistant. So I would hand her the makeup brushes. I would check her, you know, the light meter thing. I checked the light meter for her while she was over there. I would get the women that she was photographing and sometimes men like water or snacks. And this was for years. So for years, you know, she's photographing, you know, hospital people in the day, but like people just, you know, wanting beautiful pictures of themselves by night and still never thought that I could model. And I didn't even think about it or wanted to. So when like my friend said that to me and I came home, my mom was like, what's she talking about? What's your friend talking about modeling? You know, it was just not a thing. Um, And then when I told her I really wanted to do it, she was nervous about it. 
But she did support me, but she had her reservations. It sounds like that was the start of everything. I mean, here's this Petri dish. It just blossomed. Like you have your mom doing night and day work, one of beautiful people, one of, you know, not so beautiful things. And then you coordinating it, you were actually producing it right there. You were a producer at 15. You were helping her do that. That's what producers do. Then I was all set to go to college. Got accepted to every single college I applied to for film and television production. I decided on Loyola Marymount University. I want to stay close to home. And two weeks before my first day of school, after I had toured the campus, I had met my professors, I had bought LMU sweatshirts, t-shirts, everything. Two weeks before my first day of LMU, I got discovered by a French agent. A second discovery. First was the girl at the bench at high school. But this was a French agent saying, they came to my modeling agency, it was elite models at the time in LA, and they were like, that's the only girl I want to take back to Paris Fashion Week. What year was this? 91. Wow, what a fantastic time to be in Paris. <laughs> yes. Did you have someone there guiding you? Did your mom go with you? No, my mom couldn't afford to because she had to pay the rent. So I went to Paris by myself. I remember in the airport, and my parents were there and sending me off. And I waved to them and hugged. And then as I was walking away from them, they see my back only. I'm walking away and I boohooed and started crying. But wow. I did not want them to see that because oh, I'm going to cry right now. I did not want them to see that. So I'm like waving like this and waving. So they see the back of my head and me waving, but really I'm bawling. And I never turned back around because I knew they would panic. And I remember that 11-hour flight, kind of in the back of the plane near the toilet. And you know, after the meal cart comes, everybody has to go to the toilet. And I smelled crap for about eight hours on that flight. Yep. And I was in the smoking section. I mean, not in the smoking section, but the smoking section was like no, two rows ahead of you. So I'm like, what does that mean? I still smell smoke and crap. Thank God there's no more uh, smoking on airplanes. So where'd you stay? What, I know Paris really well. Where'd you stay? I stayed in a model's apartment. In yeah, the Bastille. In the Bastille. Oh, beautiful. And the model's apartment was only a model's apartment that had two people, meaning me included. It wasn't like a big dorm house because they did have those. But I was, it was just, I was with a small agency that didn't have like a lot of money for those big dorm houses. So it was just me and this beautiful Israeli model by the name of Dorit. Dorit. Yeah, and I lived Dorit for, for many months and... It was hard as hell living in Paris and not speaking the language, but then learning to use my Spanish to mix with French to like get by. And I noticed that if I tried to speak French, that French person would then start speaking English with me. Exactly. But if I tried to speak English, they'd be like, do you realize what country you're in? Can you at least try? And I learned that trying to buy a Metro card my first day when I was like an orange card, like, I need an orange card, an orange card. And this woman was just looking at me, blank face, behind the glass, blank face. And then the man behind me says, Madame, you should try to say carte d'ange and da da da, and just say the sentence to her. And then I asked her in my broken French, and she just opened up to me and she like franglished English French to me and was like, Bienvenue à Paris, da da da. I was like, Oh, respect where you go. Don't be the ugly American thinking that everybody needs to acquiesce to you. So it was a huge lesson. How long was the contract? And when you sign a contract like that, what do they expect? How do you know what's going to happen? I might have had a contract, but I, I gave myself one year to be booked directly, meaning not having to do auditions. I was like, if I can be booked directly, I'll put off school for a couple of years and 
model and make some money so that I can pay for college. So that's what I said. One year, if I'm not direct booking, if I still have to go to auditions, I'm leaving this modeling crap because I got college waiting for me. And then I prepared like crazy for Paris. I went to a French fashion library and studied every designer, how they walk, how they want you to look and and broke history and had 25 fashion shows that first season, two weeks after I arrived to Paris as a no-name nobody. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. 
Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. For our third course, I knew that Tyra could share some incredible business lessons. Now, unlike so many stars that shine bright for short amounts of time, Tyra found a way to pivot away from a fragile modeling career into building a resilient business empire. When did you go from knowing you're a very successful model, doing all kinds of incredible stuff, Victoria's Secrets, everything, to leveraging that and making this foresight into a business? How did that transfer in your mind? It transferred in my mind when my mother would tell me, and I thought she was being mean, but she would tell me that it's not going to last forever that models have an expiration date on them. Like football players. Like an athlete. Exactly. And you don't know when that expiration date is. They're in control over that. And so it's important for you to be in control and leave this industry before it leaves you. And I was like crushed. Like, what? That's so mean. Wow, what a great advice. Yes, amazing advice. But back then I was like, Mom, what are you talking about? Everybody wants me. Everybody wants me on their magazine, you know, and in their fashion show. She said, not for long. What happened to Homegirl that was here last season in like 12 shows out of your 30? Where is she? I'm like, oh, my God, Mom, I only saw her in one fashion show. She goes, and that will be you unless you get in front of it. And I remember being backstage once in Paris and seeing Cindy Crawford. And Cindy Crawford was not walking the runway. She was leading a crew of MTV's House of Style and hosting. That was the first time I was like, oh, wow, you could do something else and be a model. You don't just have to be a model all the time. So that was like a serious moment for me of saying, okay, there's something else. Although the passion to produce television and film was still there. It never left. So light bulb moment really was because your mom said, you got to think 100 years, not five years. Was there another mentor? There had to be another business mentor. You mentioned uh, Cindy Crawford. It was Cindy Crawford for me. I, yeah. I used to be really obsessed with her career. I used to look at her Pepsi commercials and be like, wow. And she used to have, it all sounds so archaic now, like swimsuit calendars. But back then for me, I was like, wow, she has swimsuit calendars. and She's producing them. And like, I was just like so enamored. So I, I kind of followed a lot of things that she did. I did two swimsuit calendars over the years. And I realized, I didn't know it was called white space at the time, but I was, I was looking like, okay, mom says different, different, have to be different, not the same. Okay. There's, there's no like black model that's like a Cindy Crawford, like Americana girl, just, you know, Inglewood, California girl and just happened to be modeling and, you know, not like runway diva. You know, I started as a runway diva, but my body was telling me you ain't going to be able to fit into them clothes for much longer and, you know, pivoted. And, and really studied Cindy and said, how can I do that as the girl next door that's black? It hasn't been done before. When, when you got that first anchoring for the production for uh, America's Next Top Model, describe how that came about in a business sense. I had ideas for film and television. And I don't know where those scrap papers are, but I had ideas. And at the time, I had an agent, and I would pitch them to him. I showed him, I was like, I have this idea. What do you think about this? He was like, oh, that's a dumb idea. A couple months later, what about this idea for a TV show I can produce? This is something I want to do. I'm not a model trying to be a producer. I'm a producer that happened to be, like, modeling. And he's like, no, dumb idea. 
And I was like, what about this idea? Like models, they live in a house together. They, it's like that American Idol new thing that's really doing well. But, it, but also I can like mix it with like a, the real world. MTV's the real world because in American Idol, you don't see them at home. What if I mix those two together and set it in the modeling industry, which is my, I, people always say, write what you know, produce what you know. That's what I know. I know that world. He was like, nah, models are unsympathetic characters and vapid and nobody would watch that. <laughs> That's what he told me. And I was tired of this because I felt like I had a natural instinct for producing. I felt, I felt like I did. And so I complained to my best friend at the time, and we're still super close, Kenya Barris, who's the creator of Blackish. And he's one of the writers on the new movie Coming to America. And he says tons of huge success, Kenya. At the time, he was still a younger writer. And I was like, Kenya, I'm so tired of this. He's like, yo, he talks like this. Yo, Ty, like your ideas are dope. I'm tired of hearing your agents say that they're dumb. Like, yo, like this model one is a really good one. Like, you want me to do something about it? I'm like, what? He goes, just trust me. So then he comes back a couple days later and he's like, I talked to my agent, who's a scripted agent. He connected me to the unscripted agent at my agency, meaning his agency. And there's some dude that they want you to meet that they represent called Ken Mock. What do you think about that? And I was like, all right. And so I met Ken Mock at the Standard Hotel and I pitched him the idea and he was like, that's genius. And Ken Mock was like a godfather of competition reality at the time. He started a lot of these wonderful formats that to this day people have copied everywhere. And he said it was a good idea. But later he confessed that it was a good idea, but he thought that he would have to share producing with me, with me being a vanity producer, meaning I'm not doing work. I'm just, my name is on the credits. And so he, he said yes. <laughs> yeah, but that's what he thought. And then a month later, he confessed to me. He's like, whoa, you're really good at this. And you know what you're doing. And you've never done this before. And I honestly thought I was going to have to be splitting this morning with you, and but doing all the work. But you're such a fun partner and really have instincts. And I don't think that America's Next Top Model would have ever been successful with just me. And it would have never been successful with just Ken. Like we are yin and yang and we need each other, needed each other to make this juggernaut, you know, show that ended up being 24 seasons in America, 180 countries the show has aired, 40 international versions. So I don't like to produce into the expected. I like to bring things that are fresh, unique, and different, give people what they don't know they want. And at the same time, once I give them what they want, I think it is imperative to stay asymmetrical and not continue to have them know what's coming. I think asymmetry is key, and I think it's one of the reasons why America's Next Top Model has been on for so long, because we like, okay, you think you got, you got that, and then boom! Or we had so many copies of our show over time, different models starting America's, their, their versions, and we kept pivoting, so they just constantly kept looking like they were copying, and they were way behind, and the shows never took shape. Real shape. I was going to ask you as a question. I crossed it out because I was going to say, what, what do you say to a young woman who wants to be a business person and take ownership? And I'm like, you just have to listen to this podcast and you'd have everything you need to know. But if you could just bullet it for me, what would you say to a, a 15-year-old that is going to choose to be a business person? I want to make my own money. I want to be independent. And I want to like, I want to rule the world. One is obsession. And yeah. and particularly to this to this generation, popularity and likes are now a, on, on social media are... I, I predict in five years it's going to be a commodity. So what is the thing that's going to make you stand out? And obsession and studying those areas that you're interested in, where you know it so much, staying on the internet 
all damn night and searching ice cream this or potato chips that or lip gloss this or whatever it is and knowing so much about your competitors that you know them more than they know themselves. I think the next thing is if you can afford to, to try to become an intern and either work for free or for minimum wage as an intern, get in, get into the companies that you admire or the competitor of the company that you admire because the one that you admire won't accept you. Be unembarrassed about maybe having to, to have 10 roommates or to stay home a little bit longer with mama and daddy or grandma or whoever you're living with so that you can intern and not have to worry about making a lot of money in the beginning if you have that luxury. If you don't have that luxury, have a job that affords you to be able to, to, to tackle your passion while you're making money. So it's a standard like actor thing, bartending, restaurants, working at night on that money-making job so that in the day, during day, daytime hours, when people are available by email and phone calls, you can pursue the passion. I mean, that's about as well said as I can do it. And I really love the fact that I did the same thing as an intern. I said to myself, oh, this chef is the greatest chef I've ever seen. I'm gonna work for nothing and suck his brains and get every idea he has and it's going to be the best university. And I, I don't care if I don't get paid. I'll borrow money. And I borrow money to live it was way cheaper than tuition. So I could get the skills. And after two years, I had a notebook like that. And it's what you're saying. I think it's such an easy recipe in some profound ways. But it's tough when your friends are doing this and knowing that, going here, going that, hanging out. And you're not hanging out. You're, you're like, you're making things happen. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. For our fourth and final course... I got to speak with Tyra about ice cream. Yes, ice cream. If you haven't been living under a rock for the last 10 years, you know that Tyra Banks invented the word smize, spelled S-M-I-Z-E, and it means to smile with your eyes. Well now, Tyra and her team are deep into research and development for, you guessed it, Smize Cream, her brand new ice cream company. So I was just saying Smize Cream. We said, what a genius name. I want to taste, I want to be on the tasting board. <laughs> oh my God, I, I would be very intimidated by you being on my tasting board. Who makes the ice cream for you? So we have our own proprietary base, ice cream base. It was very important to me. At first we were going with co-packers where they would give us their yep. base and all that. And yep. then we like, we're like, you know what? We want to own this base. And I am now, I went from to being an ice cream aficionado. Did I say that right? To a, to an yep. expert, I would like to say. And I, over the course of, I don't know, I don't know, six months or so, ordered from any company and every ice cream company that would deliver. Any and everyone. And I was, you know, because I was studying and understanding overrun and butterfat and, you know, just all this stuff. And I would be like, mm, too much air, mm, too dense. Mm, I can't pound the pint, meaning like I want to be able to like just get in there. And if it's too, too heavy, I was like, mm. or sometimes I'd be like, mm, tastes too expensive, meaning I don't want a five star restaurant experience with the ice cream. You know that ice cream, it comes in like that, speaking to the the choir here, preaching to the choir. But you know, at the five-star restaurant, Jeffrey, and it's like shaped like an almond. It's not like a scoop. And yes, it's like it's super- a canel. Let's call it canel. Oh, a canel. A canel. A canel. Yeah. So shaped like a canel and it is very rich, but it is very little, you know? And so, yeah. but a yeah. pint, you can't. So after all that time, I realized the type of base that I want. Um, leaning more on the custard style base. So yes, we do got some eggs up in there, some egg yolk. You gotta have good vanilla. Yeah. You have to have really good butterfat content. Yeah, we're 14%. And you have to have really, you have to really have a good sugar. You have to have turbinado or a sugar that's pure cane that isn't processed, I think, because the sugar does everything. It keeps it soft, pliable, and it also gives it that aftertaste. So if the sugar's not good, you're screwed. And it's the hardest thing to do is to get that mouthfeel that's just luxury, but not like like you have you just took a bath in cream. Exactly. You know, I don't want that that I call it greasy, sometimes yeah. slimy taste in the mouth, you know. And so we finally hit it. So we are a custard wow. base, but I feel like saying custard to like Americans in certain states, they'll be like, "What is that? Like some creme brulee? What you talking about?" 
No, frozen custard is like, you know, that's old fashioned stuff. I want to ask you about, did you eat ice cream in your childhood? Like, is this a memory that you like, I just got to go back and re recreate something? And, and, and how did that happen? Ice cream for me is a huge memory. There's two big food memories for me. One is barbecue. And I did not understand why I loved barbecue and it means so much to me and the smell of smoked meat and charcoal, all that for me, it like makes me feel really good. And I didn't know why. I was like, I just like barbecue. I love barbecue sauce. And then I realized it's because it reminds me of my dad, who's still with us, but like summers and him barbecuing and the family coming over and my dad cooking these ribs and making his own sauce. And he used to put pineapples in his sauce. And so there's just this memory of me and being daddy's little girl and having that time with him at the grill. That's why I like barbecue so much. And ice cream memories with my mama. So my mom and I, probably like Friday nights, I still had my school uniform on and we would get in the car after dinner and we would drive to Hollywood Boulevard and go to the haagen <laughs> Oh. Yeah. She would get two scoops of chocolate. I would get two scoops of coffee. My 12, my 13-year-old self coffee. would get two scoops of coffee. I love the taste. And we would sit in the car. And we would just talk about anything and everything and watch all the interesting people in Hollywood from like, you know, like tourists to the people in weird costumes and stuff. And just my mom and I had a had and still have a relationship where nothing is off limits. Everything, boys, wow. men, sex, anything. I could ask anything. She would tell me the truth. And, and so... The, those two things, barbecue and ice cream, are something special to me. I love that you go right to ice cream and barbecue. That is so fantastic. And I always find ice cream is one of those things you, it's sort of self-soothe. You know, that's when you're really, in, you're either in pain or you're in love or something else. There's something going on. And ice cream is like one of the answers. It's one of the answers to self-soothe. <laughs> teach personal branding at Stanford, the business wow. school. And I, first day of school, I tell my students, different is better than better. You can't just be better. What are you bringing different to the table? You as a chef, I mean, you, these original recipes and you know what I mean? Like you have this different thing. You'll take something classic and you put your spin on it. And, and that's, it's, you can't just be better. And so as I, as, a, as an entrepreneur with ice cream, I was like, okay, amazing base. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be luscious, but not too luscious. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. But the differentiator for me was finding something else and not just mm -hmm. marketing. And I'm very inspired by Cracker Jacks. Did you eat Cracker Jacks as a kid? Oh, the prize at the bottom of that. Are you kidding me? I would open the box just for the prize. I wouldn't even eat the stuff. Exactly. I'm so full. I don't know how many people remember that, but it's, it was really a, it was a brilliant marketing. Brilliant. And basically the prize was less than a penny cost of something that was so nefarious and silly that you would like, why did I just put 600 calories of sugar in my body? You're right. Like as business people, we now look at that prize and see that it was not worth a damn penny to the company, but worth everything to us. And you wanted that prize, Already. whether it was a temporary tattoo or a little ring or whatever it was. And so inside of every serving of Smize Cream, there is a prize. And it's an edible prize. Yes. Inside the ice cream? Inside the ice cream. Yes. All right. So, is okay, so 
How did you, I mean, it has to be frozen, obviously. There's no fake compartment under it that you slide it out? No, it's just as you're digging, 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 you are eating that ice cream and then you are rewarded with this prize. And there's different types of prizes. So we have enrobed cookie doughs and different flavors of cookie dough. And that cookie dough corresponds to the flavor of the ice cream. Um, So a birthday cake type of strawberry birthday cake ice cream, there's like a sprinkle cookie dough. And this is really high quality cookie dough. It's not like, this is like serious gourmet cookie uh-huh. dough. In the future, it would be different chocolates, but low temp chocolate. So it doesn't like hurt your teeth wow. when you're in there. And chocolates that are like cereal milk flavored and berry flavored stuff. And you open that prize and it, there's like fantastic fun inclusions in that ice cream. And then for me, it's also not just about like digging and finding like some spice surprise. It's connected to goals. You dig, you work hard, and then you're rewarded. Yeah when you work hard for your goals. So that's kind of the whole process behind Smaz Cream. Um, wellness, what do you eat? What wakes you up in the morning? How do you take care of yourself? And how do you balance mental health and real health, so physical health? if I'm 100% honest with you, and I feel like I should be, right now, I am not taking the best care of myself. I wake up in the middle of the night. I pick up my phone. I'm doing emails because I don't have time to do it in the day. Because my ice cream is take okay, so same okay, so we're we're the same. <laughs> it it this this new business is consuming me, and I'm okay with that because I know that there's an end to a startup. A startup is not always a startup, but in order for the startup to be successful, I have to go back to that word, and I have to be obsessed. I know that, and I have to push my team, but pick up the slack and know that. I can push them, but I'm not going to push them till they're crazy. I'm going to go crazy, so I'm going to say, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Don't worry about that. I'll do that because I need them to still be strong. And I know that I have a lot of capacity to take on a lot. So I wake up three o'clock in the morning, like I did last night, and did all kinds of stuff. I did notes on a new packaging. We have a huge collaboration with a very huge person that will have a smize cream flavor. And I was going over the packaging of that. I was going over some strategy, all kinds of stuff. Then I wake up in the morning, grab my phone. Shouldn't do that, but I do. I do not get on a treadmill. I do not get on that damn Peloton that is in my basement. <laughs> so it's a clothes rack, right? Oh my God, it is the most beautiful clothes rack. Oh my God, the sweats and the, the socks on it. And just more emails, phone calls to people in Europe, phone calls to people in the Middle East, phone calls to, you know, West Coast, of, East Coast of New York. And then just Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, tasting with our ice cream scientists and chefs nonstop. However... Six o'clock, pop, stop, time with my son, playing Legos, cuddle with mommy, wonderful time until bedtime with him. And of course, we have morning time together too. I've learned now to put my phone down for an hour for morning time with him. So what do you eat? Do you cook? Are you in the kitchen? Are you a farmer's market? You go there, you shop, you do everything? I do the farmer's market about three times a year. Well, that's not bad. Who cooks in the house? My mom cooks, my man cooks. I'm not the cook, but I am the queen of the leftovers. I know how to take something from two days ago. Of course you do. And mix that up and oh my gosh, it's amazing. So I'm the leftover chef and the table chef. So if something is nasty in a restaurant, not yours, because yours are amazing, but you know, a little tasteless, a little something, I tell the waiter, can I have a little soy sauce? Can I have some honey? Can I have some sriracha? And you're a fixer. Yeah. My son's favorite cartoon is Ratatouille, which touches my heart being a foodie. Me too. Oh, isn't it amazing? Unbelievable. So our home thing is if something is bland, he goes, Mama, can you ratatat that? Mama, ratatat it. (laughs) 
Oh my God, we could go on and on. Tyra, first of all, I wanna I wanna thank you for all the time you've given me, and it's incredible what you've done. You are really a model for every young woman out there. And I don't mean just a model, I mean a real model, a life model of how you wanna be in life and how respectful and kind you are. And you have so much empathy and I really appreciate the time. And I need some ice cream, so I'm gonna give your your PR person my address. I will ship you some ice cream on some dry I'm ice. I'm allergic to nothing. So whatever you wanna ship me, I will have, you can put whatever surprise in there, I will take it gladly. Alrighty, well, I'm going to ship you ice cream and I'm going to give you a scorecard so you can let me know what to do because R&D never stops. R&D never stops. I will do that and I, I would like you to read that. At, it's not at three o'clock in the morning on a normal day. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian, a production of iHeartRadio and Corner Table Entertainment. Our executive producer is Christopher Hasiotis. Four Courses is produced, edited, and mixed by Jonathan Hawes Dressler. Our research is conducted by Jesslyn Shields. This episode was engineered by Sibet Parti, Joe Tisdall, and Louis Belanger-Martin. Our talent booking is by Pamela Bauer at Dogtown Talent. And special thanks to our entire team, Margaret Zakarian, Jared Keller, Tara Halper, and Molly Swanson, without whom this would not have come together. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.